0: All right, excellent. <laughs> okay, so welcome to uh, Cybershock, everyone. I am Hamish Cameron, aka Peregrine Kiwi. Um, this is my, my Twitch channel. Uh, and next to me is, uh, next to me virtually, uh, Fraser Simons and Kara uh, Magarin. How are you guys doing this evening?
1: I'm doing great. I'm incensed, though, and we'll discuss why later. Incensed.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. How about you, Kara? Are you incensed? I
2: am. Um. Uh, Sensated. Sense- yeah, I watched the finale last night, and oh, I love and uh, or- well-shot orgies.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Good. Okay. Really let's, awesome. let's maybe let's put a let's put a mark in that to discuss that like <laughs> yeah. next week or next time Sad we track. next time we do this. Yeah. <laughs> or let's just completely <laughs> scrap our plan. To, no. Let's uh, let's <laughs> give people because I have a particular comment to make about the end of that, and I want to give everybody more chance to see it. <laughs> So if you good haven't plan. seen Sense8 yet, any of it, or all of it, then go watch it all, because it's the best yeah. thing that won't be on Netflix anymore. I mean, it'll yeah. be on there, but...
1: Well, it'll be there forever, but...
0: <laughs> just that they won't be ma- making more it, any more yeah. of the very expensive, but very good show. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So go
0: watch that, we'll talk about that in the future. Um, yeah. But tonight, we are going to talk about Cyberpunk 2077, the game that everybody is talking about. Uh, um Several lengthy and very good Twitter um, threads today from several people, many people. Um, lots of discussion. Uh, all about the trailer video uh, and some dev comments. And we'll start by talking about the trailer video. Um, so where do we want to start with that, you guys?
1: Um, I don't know. Why don't you... Come up with a thing that you want to talk <laughs> about first, and then we'll just jump from point to point.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I I kind of wrote down like three little things that I thought about uh, the trailer that I thought were worth um, worth discussing. Um, we'll start with I think I I love how faithful it is to Cyberpunk 2020, um, especially with all the callouts to uh, various in game fictional things uh, corporations mostly Arasaka and Militech and the Johnny Silverhand stuff um, if you want to really in depth dive into that there are some other YouTube's around, uh, YouTube videos around we're not really going to do that kind of thing um, but I, I think it really shows how well that um, Mike Pondsmith is engaged with the process uh, and I think that is mostly a good thing although there are perhaps some things about that that are not so good um, I like yeah. that it's all in the in the daylight as well like I dig that
1: yeah that's what was going to be one of my things like bringing the dirt and the grime out into the daylight instead of the like typical <laughs> rain with the umbrellas and mm-hmm. all that was really cool the only thing that bugs me about it a little bit is that it might be typical cyberpunk in that it doesn't address climate effects and changes which is like a flaring thing that they never tend to do. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so you've just read through Cyberpunk 2020 again for your Veil 2020 thing that you're doing, Fraser. Um, Mm -hmm. Where is Night City, exactly? Does the book say?
2: Uh, I think it did say,
0: but I don't don't recall.
2: I think it's imaginary West Coast LA.
0: It is, but it's in Northern California, and it's set on some bay. So I'm wondering if it's like a climate-changed like imaginary new East Bay. I'm thinking of, um, there's a, have you, have you guys read the years of rice and salt? No. Where there's, uh, it posits a situation in which all of Europe is basically wiped out by the black, black plague. Um, and so Europe is colonized by all the abandoned ruins of Europe are colonized by um, Islamic civilizations from the middle East. Um, and then America is eventually colonized by um Islamic powers from Europe and Asian powers from um, Asia, right? And then they, in a less destructive way than the European colonization was. Um, So that in the the final state of it, there's this kind of like three-state system in America, I guess, with the native peoples also occupying significant political power. But anyway, the thing that makes me think about that is the way that they described the West Coast and the big, I forget whether it's Chinese or Japanese city that's built... In California, makes it sound to me like the entire Central Valley has been flooded, and I was wondering if that was a similar thing to Night City, because Why? setting the city in the nor- in Northern California as well, but having it be look so Southern Californian makes me think there's a there's a climate change thing going on.
1: Uh, it could be that'd be nice. In the source book, I just pulled it up. It says that it gives it uh, one of the most pleasant climates in the Western United States in Northern California mid 80s to low 50s temperature blah 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 rainfall is usually about 21 inches per year Mm.
0: it sounds average
1: 35 percent contains acid toxicity factor (laughs) higher than current government standards
0: stats that sounds like (laughs) los angeles to me like i would kind of describe i mean maybe a little cooler maybe like santa barbara yeah it brings up one of the other points actually that i was, that really struck me about the video, and this has also occurred a lot in um, Adam Kobol's, uh watch through, there are a ton of cowboys. like, And I'm super curious whether that's just uh, we are a dev team from Poland and this is what we think California looks okay. like, or yeah. whether there's actually some sort of plot reason for all of those cowboys. And that could also play into the, is it climate change or is it just like palm trees everywhere because that's what this European company thinks is native to... California, Southern California, and yeah, spoiler yeah, yeah. alert—they're not.
1: It would be weird too, because like, if it is part of a plot device, and it's like angry Texans or something, that's also some like ethnocentrism going on too, right? <laughs> they're just yeah. like, oh, the angry Texans—they're they're in North California and they're ready to vote shit up.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking of speaking of cowboys, uh, well. i don't know a rose was that they showed off a lot of gangsta lifestyle which i think is super cool like street lifestyle here's all the gangsters and the people on the street uh doing their cyber street thing
3: um
2: but i found the fashion was really boring it reminded me of like a bumped up version of uh grand theft auto basically it was like not i didn't think it was uh the style I, i felt like it was lacking actually the cyberpunk 2020 mm. style. I didn't see the Chrome uh, look, you know, or the um, an approximation of a of a newer, an updated version of a Chrome neon look. Basically, they definitely had a throwback to it with
1: the runway model, though, right? That was from the Chrome oh, yeah. compilation one or two or whatever. It yeah. was like that. Yeah, that woman with the yeah, the, 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 the mohawk grass or whatever. Yeah, the mohawk yeah. exactly. Right, that was a, a yeah yeah. Model. Also, yeah. I like
2: that Mohawk was definitely a style. <laughs> like yeah, it's like when you watch the expanse and it's like half the characters have Mohawks, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that was a style. It was on their style board, like Mohawk. <laughs> like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like that yeah. part that part was cool. Uh, I, don't, I was just kind of uh, i didn't I didn't really like I was disappointed in the style. And I saw um uh, William Gibson tweeted that too. He was like, like <laughs> yeah. I said that, and then I saw I saw William Gibson tweet almost the same exact thing that I said, and I was like, whoa hold too close to William Gibson number one are you actually
0: William Gibson
2: (laughs) I know (laughs) and then number two like is my opinion outdated because William Gibson's old but he's pretty plugged in and then number three like uh I saw some people really criticizing his opinion um so it was very very complicated I I I, so have you guys seen you've seen Remember Me the video game that takes place in Paris I haven't actually it's like the cyberpunk video game that takes yeah. place in paris and it has a lady main character um and it is mostly during the daytime the style the architecture is is fucking amazing and the style is beautiful and gorgeous and i was just like i i i guess i i don't know i i didn't expect them to do better than that necessarily but i couldn't help thinking about it when people mm. were talking about style and what would yeah. be like a cool innovative cyberpunk 2020 style right basically. yeah, yeah. Well, what i've
1: Interestingly, what I've heard. We're 2077. Sorry, I said 2020. <laughs> what year's Cyberpunk? Again. Uh, Some year. Yeah. The uh, the interesting thing about that is that, um, from what I have heard and read of the actual demo, people say it's nothing basically like what the trailer is. So it's an interesting, it's interesting to me that they would
2: like the style like, is not the same.
1: Yeah, like, also Walker on Waypoint, he was just like, forget the trailer, basically. Mm. Like, this is, like, in gameplay, it's very much more like Cyberpunk 2020 than what that trailer is showing. Mm. But, uh, so it's interesting to me that they would go for, like, a lighter, more happy trailer-type thing that did kind of feel GTA-ish. If the gameplay is going to be so... um, they, they kept using words like visceral and <laughs> wrong <laughs> and stuff like that, right? Oh, I don't...
2: I guess, like, it wasn't... I, I guess it was, like... The, like, you know how GTA is... It just looks kind of generic? Like, there's, yeah. I don't know. There's something, like, very, like...
3: Hmm.
2: Generic about the style. Like, it's it's very, like, street clothes. Generic street clothes. And, like, it could be, like, in a zombie game now. Or it could be in, like, any kind of game. Like, the style which isn't very... Like it's distinct for GTA, but like I feel like that style colored many of the games that came after it, right? And so yeah. that's like a, an easy go to like if we need generic street style, we should look at G- GTA. Hmm. And so 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 yeah, I just thought that the cyberpunk street style might be cooler. So is that yeah. where the
0: GTA comment comes from, you think, the style or the, or the like the palette of the, the video style, kind of things?
2: The style, the fact that the main character seems to be a driver, um the when you see a lot of the criminals doing criminally things, it looks like the things that you do in GTA, like beating someone up on the side of a street. And mm. uh, there were a few other things like that I can't quite remember where it was like maybe like a room full of people shooting guns and like
0: Yeah, there's uh, like a drive by thing or something.
2: Yeah. And I th- I think that's I think it's a combination of things that makes me think of GTA, which that's is I like driving games. I mean, Mm -hmm. I like driver main characters, even if that's not the focus of the game too. I mean, that's totally fine. I I think it was just easy to point to all of those things like uh, aesthetically and see a connection.
0: Because I definitely saw all those comments. I saw your comment and a couple of other people basically saying the same thing and William Gibson, obviously. And it made me think like, what exactly is it about it that's making it seem like GTA? Because it didn't necessarily seem like GTA to me. (laughs) And that's yeah. probably because I didn't get a sense of what the game was about from the trailer. I didn't really get a clear sense of what you were doing. We kind of had this yeah. like, this like voiceover from the guy that I've just described as annoying Budweiser guy, who just sounds like a Budweiser <laughs> commercial. Like whatever. I hope the other voice acting of the female character is better because I do not want to listen to him for a game. Um, yeah. But I, I'm glad
2: there's a lady character too. Yeah, no,
0: that's that's super good. That was one of the. the and, and customization of the characters. That all sounds yeah. cool. Um,
2: I was worried. I was worried. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I, I didn't get a sense of what you, as that character, would be doing. Um,
2: yeah. I did a little bit. I I mean, I guessed you might be driving because you get into a car and drive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And, like,
2: yeah. there's, like, a boxing side quest where you, like, learn how to fight in under, underground clubs. Well, maybe. raise your fighting skills. I mean, probably. And then, like,. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's there were there were like a few key things, in like like obviously mm. you were going to negotiate probably in offices, you know, you are maybe gonna have like little little NPC encounters on a train, like I, I don't know, mm-hmm. those things kind of gave me clues Interesting, maybe yeah. to the gameplay, although it could have been completely. awesome. Walker says it's totally different, so. Yeah. Maybe all of that was, you know... Well, I could also see... Just that trailer. Just that trailer.
0: (laughs) I mean, based on what Austin and uh, others have said about the gameplay, I wouldn't rule out it being basically GTA-like, because what they described could well be a kind of, like, somewhat scripted mission inside a GTA environment. So it's possible. I just wasn't sure what exactly was... was, um, Triggering people to that, but that's interesting that you said that about the boxing match because I never do those things in GTA. I never go to that place to do the training with the dude. But then now that you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally a thing you can do in those games. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah. and like in the trailer for the fourth or the fifth one, it was literally that where like yeah, the the immigrant guy was coming into the city, giving the Mm -hmm. voiceover saying about like his little life story, and they was showing snippets of the city and right. some driving and shit, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, it just is very evocative of that trailer, and they did the same yeah. thing with that trailer that they're doing with this game, and that like it came out two or three years before it actually mm-hmm. released. <laughs> and then,
3: yeah.
1: yeah. Like, it... it okay. Yeah, it was the same thing. It didn't really tell you like mm-hmm. what you would be doing if it was gonna be like old GTA or new GTA or whatever. It was just like, it was an immigrant story, and similarly, people were like, I hope they handle that well, right?
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, that's why it was evocative for me. I literally said the same thing too. I was like, "Oh, yeah. it's like GTA looking." <laughs> yeah, I guess I've yeah. never
0: actually seen a trailer. Oh, maybe I have seen a trailer for GTA San Andreas. I forget. Yeah. I it's not. A, it's not a genre of trailer that I'm particularly familiar with. I yeah. would say.
2: <laughs> um, I haven't either. I, I don't know why. It was a billion things that made me think. About. But, and it wouldn't be bad if it was like GTA, I think that mm-hmm. might be fun. No, I'd play
0: it, I'd like. Uh,
2: I, I was just sad that the aesthetic was kind of like GTA. Sure. Yeah. And that, uh, um, you know, I mean, cyberpunk drivers are like trendy now, right? Like all the, a lot of cyberpunk movies coming out mm-hmm. are driver related.
0: And that, that character, like with that jacket and that car could be yeah. like Ryan Gosling in yeah. Drive, yeah. which yeah. I'm down with. I mean, then that's cool. could they get Ryan Gosling through the voiceover instead of that guy? That'd be cool. Even, well, even better if it was that character he never talked. <laughs> yeah.
2: Burn, you hate the announcer. I did. It's just, it's
0: just so, oh, I just not like it. <laughs> it. was like, please shut up. And, it definitely yeah. sounds
1: like a fuckboy in that trailer,
0: right? Because I, I, I generally liked the aesthetic and I liked the look of it. I was really excited to hear Austin say that the environment when you're in it is super dense. I guess the caveat there is that they didn't actually get to play it. I think one of the devs or somebody like from CD Projekt Red was actually playing the game, mm-hmm. um, and they were all watching, um, which maybe speaks to where they are in the development cycle. But I don't really know about that. They haven't announced a date, so okay. who knows? Yeah. And, yeah.
1: Yeah. My my like uh, like hopes rose a lot when I listened to that because he was saying like all the characters and stuff they're dead on for like cyberpunk 2020 characters where they're like Mm -hmm. all style and stuff like that. So hopefully the aesthetic does emerge from it. And, uh, it's, they said like, it was kind of like a deus sexy interface thing where you could kind of like interact with a lot of different things that you could see Mm -hmm. and kind of get like lore about the world if you wanted to. Uh, but then the characterization was like way better. And that the, uh, what the game actually looked like, even in this demo, blew away. Whatever yeah. visually that they saw, it was amazing. And like, Austin was saying how it's like the next gen within this generation, like what you thought next generation Xbox as a game would look like, even though it doesn't, it looks like the previous generation. Mm-hmm. They're saying that like, the way that you play this game feels like a new way to play a game, whatever that is, and part hmm. of it was the density of the yeah. the stuff that Hamish was talking about. It's yeah. exciting. a exciting in world.
0: So I think yeah. most of my excitement from the game came to listening to that to Austin and uh, who, who who else was in there Was it Patrick that was with him? This is all from Waypoint Radio's uh, E three podcast, I think day one or day day two. I forget. I if you're them. interested in hearing their comments, like firsthand, then then look for Waypoint Radio on on whatever your podcaster is and take a listen. In. It yeah, certainly made me result. excited about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, me too. Like, well, after the trailer, I was like, we'll see. And then I listened to them, and I was like, oh, nice. Okay, I'm pretty stoked for this then.
0: Yeah. So we have a question in the chat. Uh, Vitamin asks, mm-hmm. "Do you feel like the style hasn't evolved enough enough from what we have now?"
2: Yes,
1: I think so should check out my pinterest board for hack the planet
3: that's the future, <laughs> well. that's the
2: future. <laughs> yeah i mean it just it should be uh weirder it was it was it's a very generic it's just yeah. like pants and shirts and jackets with pins like cause kids like pins these days right and like <laughs> you know uh, and that's Cyber fine pins. that's fine pins are cool like that's fine but uh, yeah, I mean, like you could go. There's lots of options. You could go with the style, right? Like you could go super retro mm-hmm. and be like, we're doing like 80s, 90s, or we're doing like we're being very, uh, you know, looking militaristic and chrome and neon with mm-hmm. like like dyed punk hair and like that's everybody, you mm-hmm. know, um, which I think is very indicative of like a lot of the imagery from the original cyberpunk game, role playing game. Mm-hmm like you like it was just lots of like like it looked like really cheesy like 80s sci-fi like almost like like i don't know gem in the holograms meets like uh, johnny mnemonic or something
0: wait are you saying that that's what it did look like
2: yeah I oh i thought you I were did.
0: saying that they could have done that and i would have preferred like a little bit more of a retro look actually color, if they were yeah. going to do that yeah
1: wanted more color pop yeah
2: Oh yeah. no, oh yeah, that's what I'm saying the original RPG looks like. Yes, right. Okay,
0: yeah. sorry, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah,
2: not yeah. the not the <laughs> video game trailer. Like right. I so they could have done that or they could have done something kind of like that, but like updated. Yep. Like you see like you see on Tumblr these days. Mm-hmm. Like
3: yeah.
2: like a lot of that type of look, but with new tech and more polished art. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, just like I don't know. I I think the art to me was pretty boring.
0: Yeah. They kind of went with that style that I guess you see in lots of like cyberpunk-y dystopian future movies where the cyberpunk is just lines on the arm and you're supposed to see like real skin, like chunks in between that. And that's like, okay, that's fine. But it's like a little, it's, that's not very imaginative. I think I agree. Like,
2: yeah, well, you know what did that really well, even though I hated it was the new ghost in the shell movie with Scarlett Johansson it did that style where it's like it looks hyper it's like plastic Mm -hmm. you know and uh like you saw the little lines and everything and you know the one villain had like porcelain details like on his cyber tech which was super cool like that's never been seen before like that that's a cool way to update that style and this doesn't really
0: include Mm -hmm. any of them i think that is uh and this is like a sidebar i guess undoubtedly the best thing about that movie like if you like it's There's worth watching, little... I think, for the visuals of what yeah. they do in that movie. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, I love the. It was gorgeous, even when she's just like walking down the street and all the crap behind her. Like mm-hmm. that was great. I love that with like the, the koi fishes and like all the different stuff. It, it just felt. It did mm-hmm. feel again in that movie, just like like Blade Runner Two, where when they're down there and experiencing stuff it's like really cool and dense but then when it like goes out to the grander picture it just feels like not much is happening even though they're trying to like facilitate this mm-hmm. urban sprawl where all this action and holograms and stuff is going it still had the like mm-hmm. okay but nothing's happening out there right mm-hmm. <laughs> There's yeah just like some holograms being like hey buy some milk there that.
2: is kind of now <laughs> this like generic like let's have a set uh, with like, you know, kind of with like food vendors and uh, holograms and and they walk down the street and maybe it's a little rainy and shiny, you know, like that's like yeah. the, the go-to scene in those movies now.
0: Look, uh, if if we'll your property look- does not have a noodle vendor, then get out. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Movie vendor or uh, no. <laughs> it's one of the pillars of Cyberpunk. Come on, let's be real.
2: Like, Even that the- was fantastic and innovative in the original Blade Runner. Like, <laughs> how many decades ago was that? Yeah. Like, I mean, now uh, it's a
0: great callback, I think. I think it's still yeah, good. Yeah. It's I like a good
2: callback, but it. if it's the only thing you're doing, it's boring. Yeah, you've right. got
0: to do more than callback. You've got to actually <laughs> yeah. add some of your own.
2: Did yeah. you see there was a
1: dude eating the ramen bowl in the trailer as well? Mm-hmm. The guy's, like, put
2: the gut to his head yep. or whatever. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he, was yep. cool. he was a cool design character, like some kind of guy or something, I thought. Yeah, yeah. But while I was
1: watching, I was definitely like ramen check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I think there were a lot of like, I mean, generally I like the the aesthetics of the of the trailer. I can totally see what you're saying about the lack of like inventiveness, maybe, or the not pushing it far enough, like to get to a new interesting space. Totally. Um, yeah. But there are definitely think, a few like, things that. Did kind of push in that direction, like individual characters, which gives me like some.
3: Yeah, I've heard (laughs) that
1: the customization for each character is pretty like intense too. Like that's cool. Lots of different hairstyles, lots of different uh, like tattoos, and like hopefully my my hope is that they have as diverse amount of customization at the start of it uh, as the Cyberpunk twenty twenty with all the interesting like cyber Mm -hmm. mods that are pretty cheap and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. the different neon tattoos and the different
3: other things
1: i'm wondering if like upgrades is going to be like skill chips and shit like that just like Mm. in cp 2020 like hardwired ask type stuff where they're like you have leveled up and you're like shank i mean
0: given that it's a it's a it I think they're saying like it's an open world role playing game, right? Or it's certainly mm-hmm. like a role playing game. And if you're making like a big blockbuster role playing game in twenty, hell, it's probably going to come out in twenty twenty. If you're making yeah. that in twenty twenty, uh, you better have at least as many customization options as Skyrim or
3: yeah. or <laughs> yeah.
0: Dragon Age three. And they had a ton of customization options. So I had yeah. like yeah, and I, and I haven't played The Witcher. Have you played yeah? Yeah, play I, I don't know what, yeah, I don't my know what
2: play, that does. One of my friends, Leslie, is playing the third one right now, which is apparently the best one because yep. it directly addresses toxic masculinity. Oh, and really? Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hope's up now. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like that is probably like a really good barometer for the kind of thing we'd get, because I think The Witcher, I've heard that as well, like really good on one one of these kind of aspects. Terrible on diversity, like with the bullshit right. excuse that it's medieval Europe, so everyone's white, which is just not true uh check out medieval people of color on twitter if you want just a ton of examples Uh, oh yeah um so the there's a lot of diversity in the trailer um that's good uh what are they gonna what are they gonna do with with it is it gonna be handled well um
1: yeah
0: what are we gonna see on gender issues
1: yeah what
0: are we gonna see in terms of like non-binary or gender fluid people they have used apparently the word fluid a lot in there in talking about the narrative So they better better be a little bit, uh, they better have some of that in the character customization as well.
2: Well, it's probably going to do that thing where it has to be binary, right? Because like the dialogue options or whatever, some bullshit. Also, like it seemed like there, it was likely there would be some kind of brothel situation like there is in Witcher. Uh, And like, uh, uh, I don't know. But but the NPCs could be very diverse. It seemed like I saw some gender fear punks. On mm-hmm. the street, you know. So, crossing fingers on yeah. that.
0: I mean, even if they had, I mean, I don't know if this would work, especially with that Budweiser voiceover. But they could have a, they could have a situation where you got to choose every aspect of your character, including which voice you wanted, and that that was independent of whatever else you chose for for gender. Like they could do that. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't seem to be a programming limitation to me. Um. It'd
2: be cool <laughs> if they just had a third option. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting.
1: But, but it's definitely in their sales pitch because, like, in some of the reading of it, the sales pitch is like, uh, the world in between is where decadent sex and pop culture mix with violent crime, extreme poverty, and the unattainable promise of the American dream. So mm. if they're, like, upfront pitching this. I think that's the text from, like, the beginning of the demo where it's just like, dun, 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 you know, like doing the Blade Runner. This is what's up with the future,
0: folks. Yeah. Uh, the the close linking of decadence and sexuality there gives makes yeah. me like give it kind of like big side eye. Uh, I just read read an interesting article on the use of orgies in Roman um in in Roman films uh, as a way to signal appropriate kinds of masculinity to a to contemporary audiences. Um, so yeah. yeah, I'd be. Hmm, hmm. yeah i'm wary of that for sure
2: well yeah uh, yeah i don't know sexual it's a bummer that sexuality can't because that was one of my favorite things in the original cyberpunk role-playing game is that you had the attachment for the mr mrs whatever you could basically switch your genitals out if you wanted to if you bought that attachment uh, and it's just like, you know, it's a binary, right? It's like you can have a penis or a vagina, but that's awesome that they like it's one of the only, I think maybe the only role-playing game I've ever seen that's done that. So like, I don't know That has always endeared me to ideas of sex in a cyberpunk role-playing game It'd be cool if they did it in the video game, too. I, I don't think they're going to. I have very little hopes for gender and sexuality Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> in video yeah. games in general, like
0: <laughs> Right yeah so vitamin says in the chat again um vitamin says austin walker asked about non-binary people they were like the character creator creator isn't done yet but didn't confirm or deny anything so right yeah yeah they were really washy about it i mean that should be that i mean for me i would want that to be pretty central uh i would hope that they have thought about that and i would hope that is not something that is so trivial that they can leave it to get washed aside in the final crunch when they can't fit everything they want in
1: well, yeah. it could be, like, the fact that everybody is called the same name V mm-hmm. is, like, positive in that effect. Yep. Like, they mm-hmm. could do some mm-hmm. stuff with that, right? If yep. they if they wrote the script right.
0: Or it might just be a convenient way of, rather than... Because they don't have a label and maybe, like, the Dragonborn in Skyrim or the Inquisitor in DA3, like, depending on where, it, where it's gender neutral. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It also says... Uh, in a world where you have no future, what matters is that you control who you are to survive and protect your independence. You modify your body with advanced cyberware and take jobs others would never dare. You choose yeah. to live free, bound by no system or controls. The only rules you obey are your own because you're a cyberpunk.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Sounds like a libertarian future to me. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's like,
0: I mean, I I would love for that to include the ability to shape your own gender as you want. Right. And your character to conform to whatever kind of like gender identity that you, you want. Um, I don't understand the gender
2: uh, coding issue in blockbuster video games like how it works 100%. I've read a little bit about it how that's often why they only do one character because they have to like write the whole thing for a different gender. And I'm like, well, why don't you just write things so that it could fit any gender? You could do that number one, maybe pick like a voice actor. You know that isn't heavily masculine or feminine or I don't know. There's like lots of solutions to that problem, right? But I never. People don't care about it that much. I mean,
0: the I think the fact of the matter is that if it's a priority for the game company, they could do it. If they get it, sure. if they start it at the beginning and that's part of yeah. their thing, then they could do it. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Did you guys were it's... you guys watching the Ubisoft um, or on Twitter when the Ubisoft were doing their announcement and they announced Assassin's Creed? Uh, Odyssey and then they were like you can play as a woman and all of a sudden all over the twi- all over the twitter sphere thousands of voices erupted in uni- in unison ubisoft has worked out how to how to make how to animate women was like yeah, yes good after the one 2 years ago where they had these four identical looking white stubbled dudes it's like character choice no i can't tell those guys <laughs> apart like as a white stubbled dude i those guys are too like Mm. yeah
2: the the best uh the best character creation i've ever played in a video game for gender like expressing gender queer and trans identities was dream daddy it was like they just gave you it, it was like i don't know kind of popular gender queer illustration style where it's like here's a gender anonymous person and like you can add these gender identifiers to them if you want and you could add a binder to them to identify that they might be a trans man or you could add a beard or a long hair or lipstick like it was just so smart and it's like a stu- it's like a dating sim you know what i mean like <laughs> like if they can do it the blockbuster video game can do it yep. <laughs> like, yeah
1: i think there'd be like not much more punk than being like a non binary person that looks femme with a beard and a giant gun and being it's... like, fuck you
3: up, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: the, that's the thing. It's so punk. It is like so punk to do that. And so, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's yeah. my queer <laughs> <laughs> <a> rant.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it shapes out. I don't, I really don't know. No. I know that the company yeah. has really shitty, they're. They're rallying against unionization because they consider game development a specialized skill. They literally were like, "We don't need to unionize gaming because gaming is a specialized skill. We're not like those people." That sucks. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. So. Didn't didn't you read something unfortunate about the gender too the A2 were telling me? Oh, you're
0: you're <laughs> yeah <laughs> like some kind of gender incident. yeah let me actually i realized that i should oh. google, google that up on my other computer here so i don't have to disrupt oh, the, yeah, yeah. the stream
1: the in, i like i'm getting I, I wasn't incensed anymore you need to incense me. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: actually before we before we get to that do you remember did you have you guys rewatched the original cyberpunk teaser trailer from two thousand and thirteen, oh, recently, the
1: one with like that that woman getting shot at with yeah and stuff. Yeah, I have not. Yeah, I, I rewatched it's it. Pretty dark.
0: Yeah, it's just. I mean, it's this cyber killer android woman um, wearing very tight fitting clothing with like big arm blades, getting shot by guns in slow motion, and them not having any effect because she's cyber awesome. Um, yeah. So I was pleased to see that this trailer had significantly dialed down like like the cheesecake and the gun porn <laughs> um, yeah
2: that is a bonus maybe they're getting better <laughs> maybe
0: um
1: i don't know there was like a shot of like a strip club or something in there but they were they're also like this is definitely rated r that's gonna be like okay gonna be in sexual
2: situations I don't, let's, I don't let's talk about remember you saw mute right fraser yeah Do you remember this the strip bar that's like the most genderqueer strip bar I've ever seen in a cyberpunk thing it was like they had dancing men and dancing ladies and trans people and genderqueer people and people of like all colors (laughs) like it was really good and I was like you know you could do strip clubs like that like strip clubs of the future future Mm -hmm. sexual desires of all kinds
0: (laughs) yeah uh, I watched a little bit of Adam Kobol's playthrough of uh, android um, become human where they went into a strip club and he stopped before and was like okay let's do David Cage bingo Uh, what are we going to see in the strip club Um, and actually the gender was if you just think of it as a binary was even like there were as many Mm -hmm. like android my camera is working out as many uh, male androids as there were female androids but there weren't, there wasn't really anybody who was kind of like ambiguous or queer in any kind of identifiable way, at least from my brief look at it. Um, right. The it's, issues it's with just, that game are a whole separate kind of can of worms. It just says a
2: lot about the writers. Like yeah. they just, they're, they're probably not even thinking about it, right? Which. Yeah. Which means you, you don't know, have writers? a queer dev on your team. <laughs>
1: yeah, the writers <laughs> are probably just like they go and do a a strip club and they begin talking to this person and then
3: yeah. the other
1: people are like okay let's make a strip club guys yeah. right or if they yeah. do in
0: defense of any queer devs that they might actually have they might not be empowered to like make sure. any changes for whatever sort of hierarchical reason is involved. Which are
2: obviously stupid
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For,
1: yeah, for one way or the other.
2: <laughs> That's always one of my huge criticisms of like you know the cyborg or android or or uh, projected sex workers in cyberpunk movies or media, right? It's like they're often they're they're almost always women, like uh, you know Joy or uh, in Ghost in the Shell it was uh, you know m- maybe a, a black woman, um, but and and you know at least that was queer a queer situation but still a lady <laughs> and so so it's kind of like mm, could we change this and everyone's like well there was that one time you know in that steven spielberg movie and there was the hot guy sex worker and i was like oh yeah that one time <laughs> <laughs> yeah the ai uh, yeah yeah it's yeah. like jude, jude law jude or law. something and it's like okay jude law uh, jude, Went extreme but this is like the literally the one that everyone points all the time. Like it just needs to be more diverse. And and he and he was kinda like,
1: you know, programmed to love anyone too, right? So Yeah. (laughs) You know, it wasn't like he evolved from his initial programming was like, I like men now, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He was just like, No, yeah, I uh, my thing is using my penis. And I'll use it if you like, but
0: you gotta give me money. <laughs> um, so you're ready Which to also be? It's fine. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. That's fine. <laughs> are you guys ready to be outraged?
2: Yeah, let's ready. be outraged.
0: Okay, so this is from I'm quoting here from Polygon's uh, article on this uh, Dev's comments at E3. Um, this is related to the E3 demo, as will be not the trailer, as will be clear. Right. So. Um, There was one scene in particular from the E3 demo that Badalski pointed to as an example. It opened with a simple quest to retrieve a kidnapped woman, but turned into a bizarre and gruesome tableau. The kidnappers weren't holding her for ransom, they were planning to chop her up for spare parts, harvesting the high-tech implants throughout her body for sale on the black market. Okay, so, fine. Um, Other players gun down the enemy... After players gun down the enemies in the compound, they find the kidnapped woman and another NPC lying naked in the bathtub full of ice. So as, uh, this is sidebar to the quote, um, as Austin said, and I think this is actually important to understanding the context here, the other NPC is a naked male. All right? so two naked bodies, apparently. Um, there's no pictures of any of this. Uh, with her eyes rolled back in her head and her body glistening with water. The player must carry her in their arms out into the light to the waiting paramedics. Um, and then he says, nudity is important to us because of one reason. This is cyberpunk so people augment their body. So the body so the body is no longer sacrum uh, bracketed as sacred it's profanum bracketed as profane um, because people modify everything they are losing their connection to the body and the meat to the meat and that's why we need to use the nudity in many situations many situations um
1: yeah. it sounds like Mike Pondsmith told them what Cyberpunk 2020 was really about and that guy didn't understand it and he said a thing (laughs) so
0: (laughs) there's been a lot of conversation arising from this obviously on Twitter (laughs) as uh, you're all aware of whether you're aware of the conversation like arising after it or in the context of this Um, the one thing that I saw someone say which was interesting is that uh, because this game company is Polish um, that Sacrum and Profanum are in use in,
3: like, a Polish context in a way that
0: are not in ours. For me, it reads, and I presume this is where it has come into, uh, if that's the case, that it's come into um, use in Poland, is uh, with um, an anthropologist, I think he is, a religious studies scholar called Aliada, who wrote a book about sacred Poles, um, and it's pretty widely, like, known in religious study circles and so what it made me think of is the way that we in america and the english sort of speaking world use terms that originally came out of academic study like gen x or millennial but use them in ways that are not really recognizable in their academic context so that doesn't really help explain very much it just made me think of that that there might be like a, a more benign use of sacrum and profanum but also the way that he explains this a pretty obviously to me sounds like a kind of straight transfer of the humanity cost from cyberpunk exactly. 2020 or essence from um Shadowrun, both of which are sort of really essentializing aspects of what i called in my twitter thread today technophobia which i think i i'm pretty sure that given your work <laughs> the two of you would basically agree with me that that is bullshit yes
1: yes it leads to many many problematic things happening and yeah that's why my twitter thread was all about well, let me tell you about first wave <laughs> Cause it's it's all about embodiment issues basically yeah and, uh, yeah but it is interesting like it's weird that he wouldn't just be like here at cd project red or blah blah blah. we believe in sex positivity and we believe yeah. this is a positive example of that instead he's using like this. Like maybe he was just really flustered or something. I don't know. But yeah. you say that it's colloquially he uses them all the time, right? But
3: yeah.
0: So in the uh, so uh, vitamin actually in the in the chat says as a Polish person person yeah that's a very common expression, um, hmm. which makes me want to inter- want to want to look into it very much more actually to see how exactly it's used in that context
2: the, the expression um, bothers me less than the situation the, the visual situation like you are you find two bodies in a the bathtub they're naked the one you're rescuing is the woman you physically touch the naked woman and carry her out of the bathtub <laughs> like uh I think it's awesome. I'm I'm very nudity positive. I would like for nudity to be fine in everything. And I think that we're puritanical in America. And it's also probably a European-American divide. But even in Europe, there's like sexualized nudity that's a problem and it is um, like in a sexist way, right? Mm -hmm. Like usually ladies are more sexualized than men are um and so yeah that's that's where that reads as a huge problem to me Mm -hmm. like that the women are probably going to be more sexualized than the men that you're going to rescue the women not the men i wonder it would be that type of situation it would be interesting
1: yeah Yeah, you froze (laughs) sorry (laughs) It, it would be interesting if it was the opposite kind of like if if they switched you well yeah because because in the demo, they chose to be a female player, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you were picking up another female. So I wonder if you were the male, if you would pick up the male body.
2: I bet you'd still pick up the female.
0: No. Yeah, because yeah. that character is somebody that, that that person, according to Austin's description, is somebody that you are paid to rescue. And she is like a super rich corporate, corporate executive. Uh, Which is one of the other things that, like there's, a, there's an interesting thing there about, power dynamics and the exposure of the the powerful woman um but the other yeah so because she that you you take her outside and then as soon as you can reactivate i guess her trauma team software then the corporate people turn up to like make sure that she's okay and tell you to fuck off it it was the (laughs) was what i uh took away from that Austin made the interesting comparison, actually, between the nudity of the this sort of high-powered corporate executive who has changed her body to her own desires, or maybe, whatever, um, to uh, the major in Ghost in the Shell who often appears like kind of nude um, with that like invisible like (laughs) skin suit thing. So not technically nude, but basically nude. Um, I mean, you
2: could probably presume many of the rich people have been modified in a setting but if you're just showing them and naked in a bathtub i don't think that that is really showing off what what those differences are mm-hmm. like i actually thought um ah uh, was the stupid netflix tv show that came out alter carbon did a really good job of showing off the the rich people and how they were body perfect mm. like they yeah. had these clothes that were kind of like transparent and silky and gorgeous and they were like look i'm perfectly how i want it to be type of thing um sorry i keep skipping when i'm mm. talking <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. yeah, so, yeah, so, it's like the, it's the kim kardashian thing like i have the money to sculpt my body mm-hmm. but i think that there's a good way to show that in a a show.
0: yeah so, this yeah. one of the that that kind of reasoning is one of the reasons why i'm extremely interest, interested to see what the context is around this and how they deal with wealthy people and wealthy people's bodies and what the culture is in the rest of the game um i think there's a lot of shock value that comes from that quote and it's pretty it's like it's pretty foot in mouth kind of stuff really without the rest of the context so i'm curious to see whether the rest of the context is there or whether it's indicative of a general kind of like i don't know unthoughtful attitude
2: also the major in ghost in the shell did not have autonomy body changes like we we, Mm -hmm. like she was a she's a weapon Mm -hmm. and that's completely different
0: (laughs) but there are aspects of her where she is going around naked because she doesn't care because it's not her body and she's only concerned about like her consciousness
2: uh oh yeah absolutely and that is interesting Yeah. yeah yeah the the
1: interesting thing about it too though is like um the difference between like this in your head Kira you might be picturing like the Witcher 3 guy picturing that and like and like picking up a nude body but it's actually a first person narrative which changes it like in my head too right cuz mm. they're trying to make it so that you are the one who are experiencing that instead of a third person i wrote or i didn't write it but i read an essay on how kind of seminal Deus Ex was for uh, video games because they made they made the conscious decision to do a first-person narrative so that when you were modding yourself, it felt like you were modding your own body right. Right? because you're in that headspace, and it uh, that's part of the reasons for like its success. So, it's definitely it's a different situation than having the camera behind your character, going up to the bathtub and even like shielding. Your, your character's body shielding the camera from looking at this person. Instead, it's your eyes looking down at both of these bodies, uh, you know, a little bit sexualized probably because of the water and all that stuff. And you're picking up her body if, like first person with your own eyes and then bringing her out. So it, I think it's even
3: more a little
0: like. Yeah, and that, that, that one's one of the things that I'm like, that's so hard to tell. There's so much about this that's so hard to read. Um, I seem to remember that in that same Waypoint podcast that Austin said that it wasn't particularly sexualized, but the way that it's described in this Polygon article, it totally does sound sexualized. So, yeah. what? Well, it sounds like yeah. it was
2: a bunch of dudes playing the game. Like, I wonder yeah. what ladies <laughs> playing the game would feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think I that. Also, it's a damsel in distress. Also, like, I think that's the problem. I think it's really interesting to to delve into nudity and body things. I think that's mm-hmm. super cool. But like, it's not this this scenario and the fact that they chose to showcase this scenario is disturbing. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. because I'm all for there being an equal representation of rescuing dudes and rescuing n- non dudes, um, and every kind of possible yeah. thing in between the entire spectrum. Like, I want okay. everybody to be rescued by the character over the game. But yeah, Absolutely. as you say, this is the one that they chose to put as the showcase. So that says something about what they're thinking, or maybe what they're not thinking.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think, I think it's very telling. Hopefully, some criticism will, will drive them away from this. <laughs>
1: yeah, when, if I recall the the podcast, uh, Austin does mention at one point there was one woman in the audience and she was very excited about the demo. Like, <laughs> he, he reiterated that a couple times. So it does sound like, you know, a packed room <laughs> full of dudes with one uh, female. And it was a woman who was... Uh, Just a part of the audience, and not giving the demo either. Yeah. So, but uh, I think this segues nicely into the the essay, uh, Mm -hmm. the humanity cost thing, and I wanted to see what Kira thought of that as well. But uh, in why are you laughing, Kira? You're Outrage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, I think you'll, I don't know, because you seem like a fan of Cyberpunk 2020, uh, yeah. so you might agree with this, but in the essay, it posits that uh, throughout the text, it kind of does the, it's not like a generic text. It tries to convey a lot about the setting and convey how much fashion and uh, consumerism and uh propertarian stuff is conveyed in uh wrapped up in a wrapper of like what your character should look like with the style over substance being the primary thing that you should be thinking about you don't mm. walk into a room you stride into it you don't mm. do anything unless it looks good that kind of yeah. stuff and then on the flip side of that stuff with the humanity cost would they posit it with that is it becomes like a dichotomy where uh, you're looking at all these images in the book of being like, I want to be a vid star and getting all of these cool upgrades and stuff like that, kind of like in the Cyberpunk 27, the 7 trailer where uh, the woman's doing the makeup and like you can tell she's beautifying herself, but she's missing her like lower half, which is probably perfect as soon as it goes in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, can, you can actually like see that. it on the side in the shot. Oh, can you? Yeah. Okay. I didn't, yeah. I didn't see that. It's super cool. Just chilling. And uh, <clears throat> I can hear you though. What what did you oh, say
0: just then, Kira? That entire um thing was roboted out. Yeah,
1: I heard like something about a mirror. And you
0: had your hand like this.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, all I it was a very small comment. I'm very sorry. It was just like her you could see her uh jaw sitting on the makeup table, like it was like a like earrings or something. I thought that was cool. Right, like an accessory, like half of her face
1: is an accessory. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's like your face is an
2: accessory.
1: She's
0: got a couple more of them in a drawer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so what they're saying is really cool about the text and the actual humanity costs of it is that uh, the text is reinforcing how much you should want all of these upgrades and things, but that as you get them and buy them in the game, they take away your empathy and you become, uh, like, quote-unquote, less human. But that is a more realistic summation of what they want people to feel in the setting, because uh like that's what consumerism does to people ostensibly is like remove their free thinking, and so the game is like ostensibly cleverly with this uh essay at least they're positing that the the actual text sets you up with this consumerism, and then. Uh, When you get all the upgrades, when you become like the rocker girl, for instance, and you get all these different VidStar upgrades, you can uh, like rock out this entire room and you're very like efficient and good at your job. But at the same time, having gotten those upgrades, you can relate less to everybody else in the room because you have lower empathy
0: yeah so this is from the atterbury and (laughs) Pearson. uh atterbury and Pearson, 2018 today's cyborg is stylish um i put a i'll put a link in the show notes to i'll put a link to the abstract in the show notes uh it's in an academic edited volume um on cyberpunk and visual culture there we go uh just came out like the beginning (laughs) of this year um yeah so i if you have the luxury of having access to a university library, you can probably get this. Or if you live near a big public university library, you can probably go in and look for it on the shelf and maybe read it. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> it, <also laughs> it
0: rehabilitated humanity costs a little bit for me um, because I generally think that humanity costs and essence loss are like indicative of a kind of 80s fear of the technology that is not something that is relevant to modern Cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But the way that this article argued that it had been done, phrase is phrase just related. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Kind of, There's a little bit of nuance there.
1: Yeah, and also, like, um, regardless of how you feel about it, it's like a... An unending seminal thing that has happened in tabletop role playing mm-hmm. history, which is true. Yeah. A lot of people have like appropriated those mechanics like Shadowrun and stuff right. like yeah. that.
2: It's funny because I played, before I played Cyberpunk, I played Vampire for years and, or I don't know, some years in my teens. And I was like, uh, it's the same It's the same thing. The more vampire you become, the less right. human I... you become. But you get more vampire powers that are super and you can live forever, mm-hmm. but you care less about killing people, blah, blah, blah. And, like, uh, it wasn't very... So So when I played Cyberpunk, I was like, oh, this is exactly like the humanity rules in, in Vampire. Yeah, right. And, yeah, yeah I, d- I just didn't really think twice about it when I played it at first. I think um, in Vampire,
0: it's explicitly... S- I mean, I, I think in Vampire, the, the dichotomy between... explicitly <laughs> between human and monster is maybe a little bit like, I could see a game that didn't have that, and you could go embrace both, be more human and also more monstrous. But I feel like in Vampire, they're explicitly trying to set up a tension.
2: Yeah, well, it, I mean, I think that in the 90s, Cyborg was still synonymous with Monster. Like, hmm. uh, you know, the Terminator situation. Right. right? Yeah. Uh, it was, I think... Right, like it was like this, yeah. like when you're playing Cyberpunk, you're still kind of becoming a monster when you're getting yep. machining, machined, machined. Right. And so it, it was interesting because I saw a, a Twitter post that was talking about how ableist it was, uh, and as like a, a newly disabled person, I, I was having a lot of feelings about that because mm-hmm. I was I was like, dang, you know, if I could get technological implants, I could solve my fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. I get that shit in a second and that wouldn't make me less human. Mm-hmm. I've Absolutely. had an IUD before. It doesn't make me less human.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we
2: take we, we, my boyfriend is type 1 diabetic. He has to d- live on insulin. That doesn't mm-hmm. make him less human. Yep. But uh, you know, I think that it's like the it, it's like that idea contemporarily versus the monster idea like in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. i I would like them to update that (laughs) well and and inside like
0: to link that directly to to cyberpunk 2020 when you reach humanity cost zero you become a cyber zombie yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah. you just go you're wild and you're an assassin you don't care right yeah yeah. and uh, because you're a machine now and being a machine meant being a monster Mm -hmm. and i think to some extent it still does there's lots of media that still posits machines are evil black mirror Mirror, you know like yeah, it's it's very very popular. to think and I think it's mm-hmm. a cool horror. Like when mm-hmm. you think about queer monsters, that's an interesting read on the the monster cyborg, mm-hmm. and that you know I, that's neat. Yeah. But I can totally see people's criticism saying it's ableist. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> oh, I think things have changed a lot in in terms of the amount of technology that we have available to us and the kinds of things that can realistically be done to us, but also in terms of the kinds of things that people think of as being technology i mean when yeah. it, i feel like i have yeah. this argument every now and then with people yeah. on the internet about um the kind of like people are on their cell phones too much or that kind of thing right socrates yeah. like complained that people were writing notes in his lectures right yeah. so this is not new right people yeah. have always complained about the new technology and writing as a technology we've been outsourcing our minds onto paper for yeah. thousands yeah. of years uh and we're just now doing it onto phones or yeah yeah and like
2: you know the printing press used to be evil and trains Mm -hmm. uh you know reading the newspaper yeah
3: yeah
1: yeah Yeah. but if it benefits the then the rich then it's fine like eye care dental care that's Mm -hmm. that's cool that's not augmentation that's just that's just the basic human right yeah and so (laughs) thinking
0: about that was something i explicitly thought about that when i was making the sprawl did you explicitly think about that with The Veil Fraser or did you not even come at it from that perspective because with The Sprawl I was coming at it from a perspective of I my forebears in this genre are Cyberpunk and, cyberpunk 2020 and Shadowrun so what are they doing what do I not want to do what do, I, what do I want to do and one of the things that I explicitly rejected was that kind of humanity cost for this very kind of reason mm-hmm. I was like no this is putting up technology as an evil and integration of technology as a bad thing and I don't want to make that statement I want to say different things about technology. Did you even have? Did you ever have that thought?
1: Yeah, I did. I didn't. I wasn't aware of Cyberpunk 2020 or Shadowrun or anything. Well, actually, I had played Shadowrun, and I think that's where it came from with like the essence thing. Because mm-hmm. I think that was one of the like guttural rejection reactions that I had when I played that game. When I made a street samurai, and people were like, "Yeah, you can have wire reflexes and all this stuff," but your essence is only going to be like 0.5 or whatever and I'm like well what does that mean? They're like hey it doesn't matter as long as you have like a little bit of essence and I'm like okay well that's But uh, yeah I was just like uh, wanting to keep it pretty trim but yet everything in the veil is like a toolbox and a mm-hmm. framework so that's why it's just all tags and it doesn't mm-hmm. have anything to do with essence and all of that kind of stuff. If you want to engage with the actual philosophy of that kind of stuff then you'd be choosing the playbook that is in, like zeroing in on that like the ghost of the shell uh, essentially playbook that right. i made for that called the apparatus mm.
3: and
0: because uh, all yeah. of your playbooks have all of them have cyberware except for one right there's one that's explicitly about the rejection of cyberware and the rest yeah all have it yeah yeah everybody in the sprawl does as well
1: yeah. And the honed, I yeah, uh, made... that's the thing I thought about.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Fraser uh, oh. ho- oh. <laughs> first. <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
2: I'm roboting. Finish your sentence. <laughs>
1: uh, so the the playbook that does that, I made sure that they have a move that uh, specifically states that they can do anything that anybody else can do that is enhanced and I've, I had interesting, polarizing reactions to that playbook. Actually, where people were like, "This is ableism." I'm like, "No, it's it's literally set up so that they can do what everyone else can do, and that's the commentary on it, right?" And people were like, "Well, I don't know. Seems seems not great." And I'm like, "Well, I mean, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, people people are like, you could totally use this to just like be an Uber mention." I'm like, "Don't be a dick, right?" Like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't design for people to be jerks with it right like take it as it is intended like the whole playbook you get humanity by saving people and people are like well i could be a dick with that i'm like how are you going to be a dick saving people like i would love to know whatever
0: yeah you can't like you can't really prevent bad faith plays yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: it's just like people can do what they want
0: no matter how many times you print nazi punks fuck off on the front of your book it's not going to actually help (laughs) i'm secure is is this relevant to to sync or your kind of work? yeah
2: i thought about this a lot for sync because obviously i'm very pro tech and i am tired of tech being evil in every single goddamn thing and so i feel very strongly about it and i wanted one of the main themes of sync to be that technology is good but fusing with tech being a cyborg is a good thing you're not monstrous you're is it's fine it's good it's just human it's just human like it's not even transhuman it's just human to use technology and tools and um so one of the moves i put early on i think one of the outcomes was uh make technology seem warm and that's i also have that as a principle like a gm principle um and no one gets to see the gm principles really unless they're running it but the players always saw that move outcome and they'd be like what does this mean? What do, you, what do you mean by make technology warm? What does that mean? Cool. And I, I thought that was so interesting because I don't think it's that complicated. I, don't, no. I, I think that that can be easily interpreted into like make you feel, feel good, make you feel comfortable, make you feel cozy, make you feel warm.
0: Right? I think Instead of make it unusual. feel cold
2: question With does that, this technology have
1: a solar source of some kind right. I, I think of you'll them? find it has an like internal Is fusion a, reactor can we name your technology
3: HLTT
2: instead please and the, like you no know, i'm not talking i'm definitely not talking trash on the players right who played the same outcome yeah yeah uh, that people uh, you know couldn't wrap their minds around that <laughs> And I'm like, we are cyborgs. We have cell phones. Like, right. you know, at the very least, if you're a woman, you might be on birth control. You, you, I mean, these, these are things that, that affect us and turn us into, you, you know, affect our bodies.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You right.
2: Know? So yeah. I, think, I think we just don't think about them or teach them or talk about them right. in those ways. And so that, yeah. that was very important to me to, to portray. I think it's kind of
0: cliched that technology would feel cold so if they if they looked at it and saw that they would probably immediately (laughs) get it but going the other way is an unusual like flipping of the of the of the kind of status quo i guess which is kind of the point
3: (laughs) yeah consumers
1: wouldn't be like woohoo right like they'd be like i don't want this it feels weird and they'd be like okay we'll fix that
2: right (laughs)
1: we have a thing for that (laughs) it's called apple sorry (laughs) yeah yeah
2: (laughs) uh, i do that
1: similarly actually in the veil except that it's gm principles and that i'm telling people to make a color palette for technological versus environmental and i usually tell people to give the advice of switching it so that when they're describing technology, they describe it as if it was natural. And when they're describing natural things, they describe it as if it's technological. No, that's cool. Like cool. Neuro,
2: that's a neuromancer
1: thing, right?
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Is it a neuromancer thing? I completely forget neuromancer. I read it a billion years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: There's a... I thought, actually, uh, I was talking to, because it was just origin. So uh, Mendez was out here talking trash about neuromancer, saying it was, like, the whitest, racist thing ever, most racist thing ever. It was like uh, William Gibbs <laughs> trying to you know, he's like, Jamaicans are cool. I wanna hang I wanna hang out with black people. Black culture sounds really cool. So I'm gonna write something. <laughs> yeah. And like uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm breaking up. Um, but, uh, I heard you. So, oh, yeah. cool. so well, and and he even said so. that uh, Molly's nickname was like Steppen Razor and that's like such a black exploitation name, you know, and like I, I just Things I hadn't thought about in Romancer.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot of fetis- fetishization of foreign cultures in Neuromancer. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that it would. I guess it depends how generous you want to be with the author, right? Uh, true. I, I don't know that he was like, I wish I had more black friends. I'm gonna call this person Steppenwolf, <laughs> but, but like, uh,
2: Steppenraiser, Steppenraiser Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steppenwolf Step is something else. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like, there's definitely
1: problematic stuff with it for sure uh, yeah. that people tend to gloss over because they they like that book a lot. But
2: yeah, and I love Liam Gibson, but I'm willing to be critical of his early writing. <laughs> I
1: mean, I mean, he like that. There's that famous quote when somebody asked him uh, what it would be like to. Uh, talk to himself when he wrote Neuromancer, and he's like, I wouldn't buy that guy a beer.
2: Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> That's awesome. i I never heard that one. No, which, was. I think most people would think about their younger selves. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: I would not be down to buy 25-year-old Fraser a beer, because he was a dude. Oh,
2: dad. no. <laughs> so. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah how do you sorry. make it through actual play <laughs> sorry i'm so frizzy i don't know what's up with my internet tonight uh did we hit what was your third point though wasn't there a third point that you had Hamish? um oh,
0: yeah, my three the, the three that i kind of noted actually were um the Cyberpunk 2020 specific callbacks um oh yeah yeah the like good diversity which any game set in California, especially something that looks like Southern California has to be diverse. Yeah. Um, uh, and the Budweiser voiceover.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So my, <laughs> my God, points, and then just generally discussing the aesthetic. So I think as far as that concerned, my, like my little checklist is, is good. I think cool. everything on my piece of paper. Cause, yeah. I'm, cause, cause I'm the old retro guy, right? I think just about everything on this has been ticked off. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the Socrates would be disappointed in you. Wow.
0: <laughs> um, Why do you say like- that?
2: Because <laughs> you're writing on paper.
0: <laughs> Are you trying to get at something deeper? Are <laughs> like, my questions at all, annoying but I'm like, you I
1: I think the, uh, it would be interesting, though, if they try to replicate what they're saying in that essay uh, about Cyberpunk 2020 and essence cost uh, appears in 2070. I wonder if mm. like that's a through line that they're like, oh, yeah, got to have that or yeah. or what. It yeah, and we like... know
0: that Mike uh, like the stuff he thinks about Cyberpunk has changed between 2020 yeah. and 3.0 like he yeah. got significantly more sort of like transhuman so like one of the things that i think about this game is that the extent to which they stick closely to his kind of vision is probably indicative of how good the eventual game will be
1: oh, like I,
0: I think the more that they try and like pull away from him and do their own thing that because he knows his shit um, yes yeah. so yeah
1: yeah well it'll be interesting because i bet the narrative. the the narrative is gonna be like intense if it's him, right? Because he's all about like uh, cyberpunk is about saving yourself, not the world, right? So Which is what what you to... read
0: out from their their pitch sounds like it would totally fit in that. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't totally, he live in a house but... in the woods in Montana or something?
1: Uh, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I read some interview with him a couple of years ago. I think when that um so the the teaser trailer came out in 2013, I think I read something. It was like, oh wow, right. this guy is kind of living that like. Isolationist lifestyle, I think.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Pondsmith was Yeah, Montana? yeah. Montana is, like, one of the whitest states in the country. That's super weird.
0: Maybe not Montana. Not it just, just struck Montana, me as, like, Montana. one of those, like, living in the woods kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Um, just... Yeah. I wouldn't... I don't want to move there for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it, the thing that I'm worried about, though, is that they don't stick the landing, and then... People start blaming Ponswick. Uh, yeah, yeah. that sucks. That. That's because yeah. he's definitely like announced his attachment yeah. to it, and so it could easily be a thing that the people that are super fandom about CG CD Project Red will just be like, "Oh, that obviously is just going to be like his." Uh, you know, problem. It's Ponsworth's problem because yeah. POCs are always the first to get thrown
0: under the. Bus. I feel like though, if it doesn't yeah. stick the landing for us, like it may still stick the landing for all of those fans of The Witcher who don't necessarily see anything problematic about the diversity yeah. aspects or, or what have you.
3: <laughs> right. Because
0: yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm kind, I'm kind of curious to play it just to see what everybody, what the fuss is about, essentially. Because as soon as the Cyberpunk trailer went up everyone was immediately like this is great the witcher is great so this is going to be great too in the most hyperbolic well, terms um so i don't know well, curious all
1: the yeah uh, all the pieces that i read on the demo though say that this is not like the witcher 3 at all yeah <laughs> so well are
0: they talking about gameplay or vibe or what are they yeah, are who they talking knows? About the, yeah.
1: it's hard to hard to say but it mm-hmm. is full string to know that like Austin's perspective of it was positive in the end, and he's he's pretty hypercritical of these things. So mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: that's
1: that true. pretty good. Yeah. I and, to his
3: opinion.
1: Uh, yeah. he also said that he thought that it f- it felt very much like this demo was going to be a thing released to the general public.
0: Yeah, level. yeah. I was it just going to say low. that as well. We'll we will get to see this whole thing and then judge for ourselves at some point. So we should yeah. um, we'll probably revisit this topic. <laughs> I think when that comes out. Um, yeah. And then we yeah, can. With the Witcher, yeah, okay. one and two, apparently. Oh yeah, I was just gonna. What I was just gonna play the third one. Yeah. Like there's some things that I'm a completionist about, but there's others that I'm not. I'm not. Like I just started playing Skyrim, yeah. and there's all these hints in the in the game text about previous games. It's like, yeah, I'm not really gonna go back and play like Daggerfall <laughs> or Oblivion or any of those ones. Or exactly. Whatever. Yeah.
1: The thing that I really liked and noted about people talking about the demo as well was that uh, there was a lot of options that were way more fluid than like say Mass Effect 3 where you get to like dialogue trees and you just choose the thing and it waits forever. It's like uh, they come and go quite quickly and uh, and they said every time there's an option to draw your gun even. Oh yeah, that was super that situation. was
0: amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I, I really Wait, like what that. Was it? There's like a there's a hostage negotiation thing mm. or something at first and every time they get to like a dialogue tree there's an option to take out your gun and shoot the person. Mm. But the guy who was giving the demo even said, like, you should not do this. You will, like, this is a bad outcome for you. But in every single situation in the game that has uh, potential for violence, you can draw your gun and do violence yeah. to people, even when you
3: should not be able to.
0: And it's them. not like, just you know, that it's a bad outcome. It's you. not just that the option exists in the game to draw your gun at any point. Like in Skyrim, you can pull out your weapon anytime you want, but that the game will prompt you. Do you want to pull out yeah. your gun now? How about now? Mm-hmm. How about now? Are we there yet? how about now <laughs> which puts a real like, kind of like intensity to it and that was one of the things yeah. that they talked about as well like that it that felt like dangerous and intense and that you work on them on the edge and that everybody was like bigger than bigger and tougher than you and that you were actually in like serious danger the whole time um That's so that cool. would be like it sounds from what they were saying that they kind of to me it sounds like they nail the corporate aspects and the oppressive, oppressive aspects. Um, The question is what they do with other things that are also important to cyberpunk like gender and identity and race and whatever
3: yeah yeah
1: another thing that was cool was when after um you take out a guard um you can like go in and and use the ghost in the shell analog cable plug into their mind and hack them and then when you hack them kira you don't hack the person, you you hack the entire network of
2: all
3: yeah. the
1: people
2: after you. So that's pretty. That seems cool. like not a great security, brain security system. But that's okay. yeah. But yeah. they'll probably just be like, <laughs> I bet you
1: anything that that will be an upgradable thing throughout the game, right? Where like, do you have the version three patch? Yeah, the game yeah, yeah, which is or? pretty
2: cool. Yeah. yeah. Also, any kind of commentary you can make, I think, in cyberpunk, in a cyberpunk game with guns, uh, about you know America. You know, I don't know, when you're talking about gun escalation, maybe mm-hmm. think of contemporary American gun politics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that other aspect of, like, the, this is a European company making a game set in America and how they handle that in all sorts of different ways is going to be fascinating to see.
1: Yeah, the um, yeah. it'll be... Yeah, like, either way, I'm going to buy this game and play it for sure. So <laughs> they're definitely <laughs> yeah. going to make bank on this game. I'm, it's just, like... Debatable how how it's going to turn out, and I think it's funny yeah. because they they said thankfully that they're targeting current gen uh, uh, graphics and PS uh, Four and all that kind of stuff to play it. Do you think that's really
0: do you think that's accurate? Good.
1: Well, that's what they said, yeah. Like that's what the uh, Polygon did an interview with the one of the devs or whatever, and that's what they said. Hmm. But it's interesting because in two years the next Xbox is coming out, right? And PlayStation announced that they both and the next PlayStation. And I
0: heard heard from the guy at GameStop uh, over the weekend that they've just shipped dev kits. I don't know where he heard it from so I don't have good (laughs) intel on this. Uh, But if they've shipped dev kits, then that probably means we've got two years. And if they haven't announced the date for it yet, Mm. then I would have to think that it's going to be next generation as well, at least.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know that's what the the dev guy said, but I like that because I don't have, like, a 4K TV and a PS4 Pro or
0: whatever. Well, you've got two years to sell enough copies of Hack the Planet to buy that stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: And, then if not, and pay rent. Are you park feeling park oppressed
0: yet? Are you feeling oppressed? How about now? Would you like to draw your gun? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it's been really interesting diving into Cyberpunk 2020 actually because I, I kind of yeah. had like written it off uh, when I glanced at it before yeah. and that essay was really interesting and then also coming back to it for Vail 2020 mm-hmm. uh, is pretty
0: yeah, I think yeah. there's a lot of really good stuff in there. And especially if you read it in comparison to um Shadowrun, first edition Shadowrun, which I did just recently, it is like it is it is so much better. <laughs> like I love Shadowrun, I play the shit out of it, but um it's super sparse on detail. There's so much that it just assumes, you know, about cyberpunk. It doesn't really go into in a way that yeah. cyberpunk 2020 really does like deeply engage with the material, translate the material, puts its own spin on things, really pushes that like style over substance line, um, really has a very consistent voice and through line. It really made me want to go back and potentially play it again, except that, um, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, it still takes a long time to play. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's that's why I made the veil twenty twenty yeah. out next month on the first.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I've been playtesting it, and let me tell you, that shit is like, it's very fun, but it's very like. For instance, the whole like central <laughs> premise of the of the land of the three thing is that you pick up this woman Adriana, something young, who is a uh, like a lab assistant ostensibly, and you're hired to take her to another place and the text is very much concerned with you letting like letting your players know and you know how beautiful this person is Mm -hmm. (laughs) like conventionally Mm -hmm. attractive because like i was just like what okay well yeah she's really attractive i get it and then like later on when you're on this flight like book an airship, which by the way is a massive blimp in this setting, where they're like, "This is a luxury liner. Welcome to the Hindenburg." <laughs> so yeah, yeah it, it was it was very funny. And uh, on it though, there's a ninja, and they're like, "Well, maybe this ninja is talking to Adriana, because after all, she is very attractive."
3: <laughs> I'm wow.
1: like, Okay." <laughs> and the uh, ninja's name <laughs> is like. Gunter and he's like German and he's a corporate ninja and stuff and I'm just like okay well whatever yeah this is it. It, we had like a blast but I was definitely like taking what I needed from it and leaving <sighs> as you're it.
0: describing this like it's playing out in my mind like that airship episode of Archer where they go on the airship to um, to do something I think prevent it being blown up or whatever where it's a blimp and it's all like the Archer characters and blah blah oh, blah timeless Uh, maybe. Wait, no, no Archer, the TV show.
1: Oh, Archer, the animated, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, it reminded me of Timeless because the first episode is going back to the Hindenburg, and I was Uh like, yeah, and they you you they like recreated pretty well and all this stuff, and they when they're all like oh yes you're flying on this luxury cruise to night city <laughs> no my stuff. mind is and
0: going to a far more like campy and ridiculous place yeah <laughs> when,
1: like all my players were like okay well how long is this ride gonna take and i like flip a couple of pages and i'm like five days
0: <laughs> they're
3: like
1: aren't we flying just like a little while i'm like it's luxury i guess luxury. it's just like a little propeller so you know? <laughs> <laughs> s- slow travel
0: like slow yeah. food yeah
1: <laughs> pretty hilarious and like it's just really interesting because um, the core rule book, which I believe is written by Pond Smith, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. is so tight mm-hmm. uh, thematically. And you can just tell he knew exactly what he was making, what he wanted to say, and how to mm-hmm. convey it and to replicate a specific uh, table experience, whereas the ones not written by him are like far more problematic.
3: Interesting. Uh,
1: But tied to his brand, right? Which Mm -hmm. is, I think, what has kind of made everyone assume that Cyberpunk 2020 is more problematic than it is, because Mm. the source material is sometimes kind of whack. Mm. (laughs) But the the actual game, especially if he was actually targeting uh, capitalist tendencies and um, commodifying fashion and art and stuff like that, uh, and then using the humanity cost to to try to like make that substantial and mechanical in the game. Mm-hmm. That's that's like a lot more interesting than I thought it was going yeah. to be.
0: And even if he didn't necessarily intend that, like it's still a very very nice like accident, I guess. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, cuz like the they talk briefly in the essay about the play experience they got, like they yeah. ran that and it was very interesting like one character was a veteran who has low essence and therefore could actually role play not getting along with other people and stuff like that because they had got discharged from the war and uh, have like cyber appendages and stuff like that after like actually getting their body blown off and all this stuff and they thought that uh, it really actually helped the narrative a lot because uh, you get the roles where the character's desperately trying to connect with people with empathy, and they cannot, because mm-hmm. they don't have the the dice pool for it, right? Like, right. they don't get the results. And then it's just, like, uh, facilitating that experience for mm-hmm. the player on the meta level, because they're trying to, like, okay, maybe, you know, uh, I believe the character's name was Becky, hopefully Becky can connect with this person, but mm-hmm. nope, right. not again, right? So... Right. It's and the other
0: humanity loss reflecting empathy, like lack of connection is actually integrated into the system as well. like regardless yeah. of whether you think that's a good way to go. and for some characters clearly it it can work for that kind of character that has suffered some kind of trauma. but if you haven't if you if your cybernetic replacements are sort of divorced from that trauma, then it's like, well, why am I lacking empathy? but it's still connected in a way that's coherent in a way that essence and Shadowrun is not, which only matters if you are a magician
2: or you reach <laughs> exactly. zero
0: and you die. Like, that's the, <laughs> it's just a bar that sits at the side and doesn't have any inter- effect on your interactions with other characters.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. So if he takes, if he's as, uh, like, fervent about that 2020 stuff and inserts that into 2070, I could see why people walked away from the demo being like,
3: yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I hope we well, get the game that, that demo inspired <laughs> in terms yeah, of the reactions same.
2: Yeah. yeah. same same same
0: Yeah. Um, so anything else regarding the video or various other things related to it that we've gone over that anybody no. wants to bring up? I don't think so okay well I don't see any other questions in the chat so I think we're probably done for the night
1: Sounds and this one's good. probably going to be episode one via the podcast <laughs> oh yeah because
0: <laughs> this probably is the first completely fine audio fingers crossed minus yeah. a little bit of roboting which is totally cool um
3: yeah all right so uh,
0: oh really wait vitamin vitamin says there's gonna be a reworked cyberpunk 2020 called cyberpunk red at origins, origins. if they recall correctly origins next year i guess
2: yeah I didn't see it. I was like I didn't
0: see anything yeah this year would be a little we'll, we'll see that'll be interesting that might be an interesting barometer for where they, what they're gonna go we'll keep an eye out for a, some sort of official announcement if you have a, a link for that then let us know you can let me know he said segueing smoothly on Twitter where Ooh. I am at Peregrine Kiwi uh, or at the Sprawl underscore RPG uh, where can uh, they find you all Find folks Kara?
2: Oh, yes. I'm sorry. You are a person uh, who time, has an
0: internet personality that people can be, can be whoa, my camera is like <laughs> wigging out here. Got a, got a glitch in the system. <laughs> Man, they're coming for us.
2: Uh, you, I hope I'm not roboting right now. My nope. No, yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kira Nancy. That's probably the easiest way to find me. I hope it came through. Yep, it did. There was a little bit of roboting <laughs> okay, okay. just
0: after you said, there's probably roboting. And I said, no, then there was roboting, of course. But your your Twitter handle came out. Uh, Fraser.
1: Good. I'm at uh, Fraser Simons. And uh, I'm also at the Veil vale, uh, RPG as well. But uh, yeah, pretty much all social media, you can find me at Fraser Simons. That's where, where I do my speakings to the internets.
0: Cool. Well, we don't have our next uh, we don't have our next chat planned, but we will probably like work out some times. Uh, it won't be in the next couple of weeks because I'm going to Iceland, um, which is going to be awesome. Sense, might might play a little sagas of the Iceland while under the midnight <laughs> sun. I'm super looking forward to it. Yes, uh,
2: the land of no sunsets. Yeah. My friend Danielle is there right now, and she. At 12 a.m., she's
0: like 12 a.m. sunset, 12 a.m. sunrise. Yeah. <laughs> this is—I'm I'm uh, ready for it. I'm like, oh yeah, let's let's bring it on. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to be up at midnight for a picture of me like sunbathing or something. That's got to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, super excited. Uh, but after, at any rate, uh, sometime in July we will be back with another episode uh, where we will talk about something interesting that we will decide before then, and hopefully it too will have no uh, significant audio issues, and hopefully we can also get either Phil or Banana to join us. Mm-hmm. um so thanks yes. for joining everyone oh uh, so I see that uh Vediman has posted a link to Artillazorian Games Oh, uh, Christmas. oh right yeah Red yeah. mm-hmm. uh Red is an updated core book for 2020 which currently is on the schedule for Christmas 2018 if you're familiar blah 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 all right well <laughs> that's interesting um Mm-hmm. Gene Con. Well, you can expect an episode about that, I'm sure it. at some point in the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and
1: I just posted a review for Blackfish City on consumer uh, So you should check that out. It was a good book.
0: Do you want to send good. me the link and I will put it in the shoe notes? Sure.
3: Yeah, I
1: cool. will
0: do that. The shoe notes. The shoe notes. Yeah. The notes of the shoe. The new shoe. Alright. Uh, see you later everybody. Um, keep your jacks clean and shit
2: sweet cyber dreams
0: sweet cyber dreams
2: (laughs) don't lose your (laughs) essence
0: hold on to your humanity